0: How do we sum up Albion's season? We've had high points and we've certainly had low points. We'll be looking back at some of the key moments from Albion's campaign and looking ahead to the summer and beyond on this week's Baggies Broadcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies Broadcast. My name is Johnny Dreary and as always I'm joined by Baggies correspondent, Lewis Cox. Now, usually Coxie, we across a computer screen from each other or in uh, the front seat, driver's seat and a passenger seat of a car, as we were a few weeks ago. But today, for probably one of the first times ever, we're in the office together. We're, we've convened for a big end-of-season review. How are you doing, pal? A couple of weeks since the end of the season. Have you had a chance to wind down?
1: Uh, I'm OK, mate. Yeah, nice bit of a relaxing weekend uh, away by the seaside. Yeah, I'm alright mate, how are you? Nice to be sharing the
0: same. Nice to be in the same company today, uh, isn't it? I
1: mean not breaking any secrets here, we're sort of talking into the same sort of microphone. <laughs> so we're in a reasonably sized office almost sitting on each other's lap, but that's, that's probably too much information for the listeners. Um, yeah, here we are to, to dissect something that started at the end of last July, by the way. Well, having said that, neither you or I were at Borough were no, we? We on weren't. the opening day.
0: Looking back for like notes today, looking at those games and fixtures from the start of the season, which we'll come on to, it feels like a different season, oh. almost, doesn't it?
1: It's, it feels it, like a there, different season. It doesn't usually start in July, does it? No. The season? And, um, yeah, so well, it, it was only the first game at the end of the month. But yeah, it's, I was going to say it's a slog then, and I don't want anyone listening to think that that's us complaining because obviously it's not, it's a great, you know, speaking privately from, from ourselves, you, you'll think the same, Johnny, it's a great gig, great pleasure to cover a club up and down, length and breadth, but, um, yeah, when, when you look at a list of 50-odd games in front of you, and not to mention <laughs> everything off the pitch, um, yeah, it's a, it's a fair old gig, isn't it? It's a fair old gig, but, uh, yeah, one of, well, you said right at the top, ups and downs, um, downs and then ups. And then, downs, both. and yeah, and then downs, yeah, I guess, um, but that yeah that, that was grim, early two, three months of the season. I just have those post match videos we did, to be honest, from those miserable matches ingrained into my brain of uh, thinking
0: yeah, there's a know, few bad ones in there, and there blue what, what blues, sticks off. out, doesn 't it, but we'll be going we'll be going over not game by game, but we'll be looking at different things this season, looking at what 's gone wrong, discussing various um, various different points. Um, Across the season, um, so let's we're, we're going to start. We'll, we'll go right back to the very start last <laughs> summer. Almost, Steve Bruce was still the Middlesbrough manager. The sun was out, and Lewis Cox was preparing to take over as a, <laughs> the the ENS's baggies correspondent. Um, we'll start with recruitment, really, Lewis. And I think it's right to go right back to the very start in terms of recruitment for last last summer. It was. It was very much a sort of uncertain summer, much like much like it was what is going to be this this summer, which we'll touch on. Um, Albion did a little bit of sort of early business. It was Steve Bruce's first transfer window, first and only transfer window as Albion boss. Yeah. Um, John Swift and Jed Wallace were, you know, I remember myself and uh, and Joe Massey when he was the Albion correspondent talking a lot about these two players, and and they were the ones, you know, they were top of a lot of people's lists. Albion got them in. Both were free agents. Jason Mullumbie's deal was made permanent. It didn't really feel much like a transfer because he'd already been around the club. They went for Okaryo Kushlu, um, and he came back, obviously a player that Albion fans knew quite well. And then just reading off the other names that came in, was, you know, Brandon Thomas Asante was very late in the window after da- Albion had lost Daryl DK to another injury. And then it was onto free agents then, wasn't it? That was September time, Tom Rogic, you know, Eric Peters Lucky for him, he was living next door to Steve Bruce, so he got the, he got the call. I wonder who's living on the other side. I wonder if they ever got a call. To, <laughs> well, it to is Ch- it's Cheshire, isn't <laughs> it? Cheshire, so fo- 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 I'm sure there was a footballers few footballers paradise. Yeah, uh, Martin Kelly came in then as a free agent, as we know. Lewis, that recruitment, if you look at it, Swift and Wallace. You know, Wallace, arguably Albion's player of the season. Swift has played really well. You know, He has divided opinion among some Albion fans, but you'd say they're more good than bad this season. I think out there was a big expectation when he came in. That's probably part of the, the problem um, with some fans thinking he'd not had a, a very good campaign but how do we, when we look back on that now I remember at the time it was a case of Albion was sort of scrapping around for a striker towards the end of that window I know they went in for Liam De Lappe, didn't they didn't bring in a low knee but how do you look back on it now in terms of some for me it looks there was some positives some negatives Albion were probably left short going into the season really. Yeah. and Steve Bruce probably would have been frustrated well
1: to have Swift and Wallace were very early, weren't they? I I just had a look at the dates, actually, and Swift's... I know there were obviously mumblings of it happening in the media, but Swift was confirmed by May the 26th, which is,
0: you know, the equivalent
1: of it happening next week, isn't it? And obviously, no secrets, everyone knew Swift and and Jed Wallace as well were, as you say, probably top of the list in terms of attackers on a free in the champ, in terms of the numbers that they've previously posted. Goals, definitely assists. Over a decent period as well um so I think you know i I wasn't in this post at that time, but I remember from afar myself being very impressed there and i and i can imagine I can imagine the excitement really among among fans and rightly so really you you look at bringing in the two of the division's best creators, attackers, different players, different roles, a number 10, a winger players you've seen do well against you know your team in recent years and the excitement was, I think it's fair to say, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny, but palpable, really. Um, if that's the start of your business, you know, OK, you have to maintain it and build in other areas. But as starting points go, could hardly have been better, could it? And, and Steve Bruce had made noises no secret about wanting to build a better attacking side, I think, than what, what he took over and all was drab, many, many nil-nils. And um, I remember, actually, this is moving on a bit, but going into the season, he he was almost saying we've gone too far, wasn't he, in, in terms of n- now we're almost all stages. out. Now we're almost all out attack and can't defend, basically. Um, but yeah, those two signings, I mean, crackers really. And have have they delivered? I mean, have they delivered? I suppose Jed Wallace is the stronger case. I think he's had a very good season. Yes, tailed off. Um, Swift, we could probably be here for an hour having a debate about John Swift and two's, you know, sort of, Positive and negatives, pros and cons. I've actually wrote quite a bit on Swift uh, for tomorrow's paper and website, so those particularly interested in that can sort of divulge that. His numbers aren't bad, really, when you compare where Albion have been as a season. However, I think we all know we need more consistency, I think, from... from
0: more consistency. I think he came in with a a big expectation as well, didn't
1: he? Well, he said to me, again, giving nothing away for tomorrow's pieces, he said to me we had the chance to speak to Swift before the end of the season, um, just before Swansea, and he said he's... You're not particularly pleased with what he's posted in terms of assists, goals, his his stats. He'd done better for Reading before, when Reading were just staving off relegation. So that says a like He'd expect to come into a push inside and and post you know double the numbers, but it hasn't happened. However, is that his fault? You know, is that all his fault? No, of course it isn't. Look at the you know, players in front of him not putting it in the net and things like that. So yeah, we start on that that recruitment and very exciting. I would say reasons to be optimistic, excited. Mentioned Malumby. Um, Obviously, I didn't see him during his loan spell and I know it wasn't sort of a groundbreaking loan, was it? I don't think by by all accounts, but what a player he's flourished and developed into, I would say, in my opinion. And I think that in, that's what most of the fan base think about Malumby now, you know, coming in at what a bargain price really, wasn't it? Just shy of a million pound and being such a good age for development. I think yeah, as the old cliche goes, if you have a team of, of ten a team of Malumbies' heart and desire, yeah, there's not, not too many goals or or, or sort of quality, top level passing, but you're not going to get run over or, or beaten either. And then Ockay obviously comes back in, and a lot of excitement there as well. Really, all right, not much had gone for him in between. Albin Spells had it in terms of a, a successful consistency, but excitement about what he could do in the championship in terms of a, a regular, given doing well in, in obviously the Premier League. But I think the bottom line, Johnny, it, it, it was a quiet end to the window, wasn't it? And probably because I <laughs> probably because I started doing yeah. the job. Um no. But yeah, it, it was quiet and, and we had nothing until the deadline, other than Brandon Thomas Asante. And um nothing against him. I'm a big fan of his I think he's had a good season, but from League two Salford it's you know didn't exactly get the pulses and did it? And it's not about the names, of course, and where they're signed from. But Albin was were short, weren't they? Well, what was it? He DK. We already knew by that point he was injured. Got injured in early August, didn't we? And, and sort of knew that he wasn't back till who knows when. November World Cup break. Just left Albin short, didn't it? Up front. Um, <clears throat> we, we get onto the. You mentioned the freeze. You know, you Kelly and Peters coming in at. at Ironically, is those full-back positions really that we always talk about. No furlong, no Townsend competition. Those two come in. Um, one of them ends up playing best part of the season at centre-half yeah. because there's some sort of lack of center half at, at various points of the season, which we also possibly highlighted as a an area of interest, didn't we? And, uh, and you know, not to mention in the summer when Kipper was allowed to, to move out for the for season, obviously on loan. Ditto Mowat was then allowed to, to go, wasn't he, in... In midfield, um,
0: got a fan at the window there. Yeah, we? just been drawn by a pigeon at the office window. <laughs> I think he's got, he wants he's, to put his two pence yeah, yeah, into the recruitment Yeah, yeah. Thing. He don't look happy. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't no. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, you're breaking it up, and in the bottom line, uh, a very exciting and encouraging start. I think could, in terms of personality, could hardly have done better, but left a bit to be desired later on. I think didn't it? And <laughs> we don't need to go into it, but we know about the deadline day, don't we? That that happened, obviously with. Um, players done by, by the looks and then moves not got over the line, did they? So,
0: yeah. um, we had Josh Onema from... Fulham. Onema,
1: yeah, Alzate, Alzate. Bright, Brighton. Do you know what? I was
0: trying to think of his name, man. It seems like that Sweet. long yeah, ago, yeah. They, they were, they, it was almost that Albion's recruitment yeah. was going to start, as you said, they start well, dipped off and it was almost like oh, this exciting finish. We heard loads of people speaking about Yeah, it. I think Albion might have been linked with a loan signing as well on the deadline. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, well,
1: that. I mean, you mentioned... Um, the Man City lad to lap yeah, was a, lamp, a, yeah. Keen, Keenan Davis came on the yeah. agenda didn't he um, of, of Villa obviously ended up at Watford um, uh, Cameron Archer is kind of was no. loosely mentioned throughout sort of always seems to be and he's an excellent he the was,
0: way that deadline finished Lewis do you think that sort of you know there's, been, there's a lot of things <clears throat> of why Albion's season has gone wrong do you think that sort of epitomises <clears throat> Albion's season always that sort of debacle on well, the, on the dead, deadline day that you know it started that way, mm. and it was almost like—I mean, yes and no. I mean, you know, On- Onomer and Alzate are
1: names that should have been done. Ooh, what are they in Onoma, You've got a, a sort of
0: do, proven, do it ch- proven all midfielder. Yeah, but,
1: yeah I'd, I'd, but you know, would he have? Would he have been a regular over what then happened in terms of Kushlu and, and Malumbi? Um, I, I don't know. Would he have helped Bruce in that early stage? Possibly, I suppose, yeah. legs. Um, the team were, were lacking, weren't they? And it, I think regardless of who it was, the team needed something because I think by that end of August, start September, uh, yes, Alvin had flashed Hall, hadn't they? And, and that was kind of like the result performances had warranted. Um, but I, I remember going to Wigan and that being bad. They draw, but it was it was bad, wasn't it? And then um Huddersfield two was, two was around that time as well. I think the window might have shut by then. But um there were there were clear problems in the side already by that point. So I think the squad needed a lift regardless, and, and probably the fan base as well, regardless of who it was that was to come in and, and, and let's be fair, as you've touched on, Albin had to go and sign what? Rogic. Kelly wasn't Kelly arrived on deadline day, didn't he? We yeah Kelly, yes, Kelly like arrived dead right on deadline day rather day, yeah. than as a free transfer, but yeah. for all intents and purposes, yeah it's Kelly, you know we've had Tom Sante Kelly Rogic Peters. That's a two of those as free agents. It's not what you want to be doing once a window shut, is it? It's it's just it's not. Um, you know, as as good as Peters has been, and he's been fantastic. That they're, they're in that free agent position for for a reason, aren't they? And. You know, is it a case of planning? Uh, who Albion, what Albion wanted, they couldn't make happen. Um, is a case of misfortune with injuries. Okay, possibly Jay went down with that injury, didn't he? Um, at Wigan, I think. <sighs> yeah, it it really it 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 didn't end ideally, did it? It didn't end ideally, and I suppose ironically, you have the two free agents coming in. Peters ends up being a hit, and and Tom Rogic is is a whole... <laughs> Is a whole conversation, isn't he? That should have been a real. I'll sort of, save
0: that one for later. That
1: should have been a real pick me up, shouldn't it? And, and a real spark for the season. Like Stephen Alzate, talking of, of Rock, he's, he's an attacking, creative, sort of forward midfielder, isn't he? Can possibly play wide. I mean, would he have. You know, how much of an impact would he have? I don't think he went on to have the greatest of seasons, I think I'm right in saying. Um, so I'm not sure how much of a difference they would have made in the long term across the season. I think in, in that moment, there, there might have been a sort of a short-term spark, you know, because it, it needed one at that stage, didn't it? It desperately needed one. And as we'll get on to next, it was just allowed to dwindle,
0: yeah.
1: wasn't it? And dwindle for too long. Not too
0: long. Well, Coxie was jumping forward, talking Wigan and Huddersfield. There, I to have to sort of uh, rein him in now apologies. and go back a few, uh, yeah, few yeah, results. Yeah. But if you look at the start of the season, Lewis, you know, none of us were at Middlesbrough, but Middlesbrough, the draw at Middlesbrough, Albion... Got back in the game, a great goal from John Swift, and, you know, that was, that was positive. You know, Watford first game of the season, not for a while have I seen Albion batter aside so much and not win. The amount of chances they had that night at Watford, you know, I couldn't foresee what was coming. I know fans had already sort of turned, not turned on Bruce, but some have never really had Bruce. But that game, when you looked at Albion that game, it was almost like a they little bit a really well clinical edge. Night. They absolutely battered Watford, and I know Watford slipped off in the end, but they were one of the early season favourites. Even after that, you're thinking that <coughs> Albion go on and have a have a decent, a decent sort of season. Did but then did crack start to appear even as early as Blackburn? I remember going to Blackburn. Albion lost. <coughs> you know, both of the goals were sort of labelled at de- being David Button's fault. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about Button now in terms of I remember going and in interviewing fans that day and I watching the game. I didn't really think the keeper had that part of the game, but fans were sort of had pointed it out even as early as that, he'd obviously let the goal in against Watford. What did you, when he was sort of made that number, the number one spot was made his last summer, you know, when you first started, Mm -hmm. what did you think of it, you know, at the time? Button very much been a number two at Albion and and at other clubs, but he's made Albion's number one. Obviously in the end, the decision was the wrong one, but even as early as then, what, what, what were you thinking looking at the situation?
1: I can't say I came in and saw it as a major source of inspiration. Just and not gonna sit here now for the next five minutes and and hammer button, you know, just talking on on the basis of what I saw from his performances in the role, but the fact he's been a number two, you sort of think, well, you know, there's often there's usually a reason there. However, some keepers that have been number twos for a lot of their career can you do see them kick on and become a number one. So I wasn't by any means writing it off. Um, hadn't before the season seen. Button play in an elongated stretch of games. I don't think many people had seen that, really, had they? Um, look, I think I was coming in, and you've got to sort of put put the trust in. You know, Gary Walsh obviously has been a big part of that decision with Bruce. They've obviously looked at it, weighed up what he's got, how he is, looked at the budget, and and thought, look, we can, you know, we can put our trust in him, and we can spend elsewhere where the squad maybe needs it more and um, in the end it's not a decision that paid off is it by by any stretch and, and David Button's season was a well, an interesting one really and um, like Bruce he, he he was not he should have been taken out of the spotlight far sooner shouldn't he Button it, it wasn't going well to, you know you mentioned that Blackburn one and it's a good point because I didn't see too much there I remember one of the goals being in front of the away end and, and fans saying i oh, I should have done better there I thought it might have been a deflection but um, already by that point you mentioned Ismail Assar's goal from his his own half Blackburn I remember there was another one where he was sort of very far out of goal Mm. and a little bit edgy with the ball and how he cleared it and stuff and that was just part of his game obviously confident with his feet but after a while performances went on okay there was a there was a clean sheet and a goalless draw midweek home to Cardiff but Albion were were shipping too many goals, weren't they? They weren't keeping them out. That you start to see goalkeeper stats. I mean, obviously because Buttons were especially that's, bad, yeah. everyone was sharing them, weren't they? And they became
0: it was highlighted so, very early yeah. on. That was only, yeah. f- only four games in. I'm just looking at the results now. You know, it was it was four games without a win. Then we had the whole result. You know, when Albion, I think Albion went five 0 up in there. Yeah, in the whole game. That's the that's the point where you're sort of thinking, yeah, that this side has got something a little bit different. They can now they can now kick on and it obviously didn't, it didn't transpire, I think it was three draws on the bounce after that but even, I'm looking at it, it was a draw at Huddersfield, then a draw at Wigan and then even at the draw at Burnley, I know Brandon Thomas Asante announced himself to the Albion fans with that superb last minute goal but Albion, I thought, I, remembering rightly, Albion I played Burnley played well and I had the better chances well. even, yeah. even as early as the se- second of September you're still thinking that right, it's going to click now if something's going to click into gear because Albion were on the whole playing okay
1: yeah, well, those f- first games of the season you mentioned, you've got Borough, Watford, Blackburn, and then, OK, Cardiff, and then and then Hall, but certainly the three. Tough games as well. Yeah, 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 hard, hard opposition. So you're thinking, OK, well, sort of match these performance-wise, just come off the, the wrong side of it. You know, performances are shaping up to be enough. It's going to sort of click. It's going to start dropping for us. Brucey bemoaned fortune and the lack of luck a lot. Um the 5-2 against Hull. Hull, obviously, you know, not a side expected to be up there and, and all of a sudden they're battered in the Hawthorne sunshine 5-2 and you're sort of... You're thinking, well, OK. Um, I, I remember a bit of concern after conceding the late two goals, actually. But... Yeah. You're thinking... Yeah, you know, as, as an attacking outlet, was it? Oh, there were some own, own goals, I think, that, that day as well. Yeah, but... You know, it it sort of... Uh, I remember it just being relief, really, around the Hawthorne's because to get... Get that win, see some goals, or get some confidence in the the ranks. It felt big at the time. It felt like it might really kickstart the season, but it didn't, did it? I mean, you you know, you talked about the three draws, Huddersfield, Wigan, Burnley. There were poor results at Huddersfield and Wigan and poor performances. Albion didn't play well in those, I, I don't think. I remember, again, Steve Bruce being angry at the officials at Huddersfield, but look, they were poor sides. I mean I know only one of them went down in the end but among the three or four Mm. worst sides in the division and okay early on but but even so this was you know we talk about the expectations and going through the recruitment at the start this was how I've been expected might be the wrong word but should be games putting themselves look, among the top six. The too. games you
0: look at on paper, you know, you look at them first three games on paper. Yeah, okay, you maybe forgive them a little bit because then you know, Middles- far, yeah. Middlesbrough made the playoffs in the end. You know, are, you know, we're in the playoffs now. Watford tailed off. Blackburn were up there for long yeah, stretches yeah, with yeah. Albion, weren't they? But when you look at those sort of the games after, Albion should probably be winning a lot of them, given what they've done in that summer.
1: Yeah, and I think perhaps interestingly, maybe like the, I remember the Watford one on the Monday night, and then skipping ahead a little bit to the, to the Burnley one you mentioned on the Friday night two similar nights and similar games yeah. home to relegated from the Prem big nights on the telly huge crowd the Hawthorns was in good voice really good spirits In as, as far as I can remember good optimism and um, maybe it says a lot about the players this season and this squad that they were able to get up for that one for those two sorry um, and okay it, they didn't lead to wins but they were the better team in both of them um and and should have taken more than two points from that possible six but yeah it's there's a difference isn't there, getting yourselves up for burnley and or watford at the hawthorns in front of you know hours 26,000 whatever under the lights all of that ex premier league opposition and then not being able to to switch on at, at wigan or at or at huddersfield or against cardiff you know um and ironically, the results, the outcomes, the same. A point, in in both of those, when you're playing well, when you're not playing well, that's not a good mix, is it? And okay, they battered Hull by five, but you know, there was an own goal that day. There was a penalty that day. We we weren't see it, well, We haven't seen it enough, have we? Even under Carlos Corberan, and this is a thing for for much later in a podcast. But yeah, goal scorers just been a. And they're always a precious commodity, I do not know, But this even, season's return for Albion. Even last
0: season, you know, you look at the top score of this season, what is it, in all comps, maybe 12, or, 11 or 12 or 13? Nine. Like nine, is it nine? Nine. Even last season, Carlin Grant got what, 16 to 18? 18, 18. 18. 18, yeah. 18 yeah. goals. Um, we're just going to fire through this this next bit. I'm trying to get to the positive bit as quickly as I can, really, okay. Lewis. Um, we're getting there, we're getting there. But it was Burnley, the, the Coventry game was postponed, um, the death of the Queen. Um, and then the game after that, Lewis was probably argue, arguably the worst night of the season. For, for me. I would say the worst night of the season. Um, the three two defeat. Worst to, game overall to Birmingham. Or, oh, but I'd say what I up there as one of yeah. performance against Birmingham um, that evening. You know, defensively we saw Kyle Bartley have an absolute absolute shocker. Albin did take the lead. was a good, really good goal from Jed Wallace. But Scott Hogan got a got a hat trick. Albion before that game <laughs> had nine nine points from eight games and the and the you know the pressure was really mounting up even though we sort of made the case that Albion did play well in certain games in those first eight games, mm. a lot of people were sort of done with Steve Bruce and they thought he should have gone and in hindsight you probably look at it and and see, I wouldn't have been surprised I thought he would have gone after that game, yeah given given I think David Button made an error or two that night as well it sort of all culminated. Um, yeah, it With, was it was toxic as well. It was wasn't toxic, it. everything yeah. had turned, I think there was a chance against the owners and everything. That's when it, how that really started. And it just seemed though Albion sort of sleep slept or sleepwalked walked yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. through the next three games really. Well the the just
1: quickly, Johnny, there, the, the big thing is the international break that came the, the game after Birmingham, was which a was a Wednesday night, it was then we went to Norwich yeah. on the Saturday, picked up a point. It's not you know, it's, not, it's not a terrible point is it Carroll Road I know they haven't pulled up any trees this season but then then was the international break and and as you say we, we didn't know whether Bruce would survive Blues he did to get Norwich possibly you know you would think okay well you have to go and win at Norwich that, that didn't happen it was a point and then um, and then the international break generally the perfect time yeah. to make a call time to make a change and Alvin uh, opted against that didn't they and um, and Steve Bruce was allowed another home game after the break. Swansea, another defeat, and he was allowed a trip to Preston.
0: In but the on mid-week. that defeat, that Swansea defeat, I, I wasn't there that day. I was covering another game for for the Express and Star. But I think Albion fell behind. Then they got themselves in front. Livermore and Dian Garner scored, and then they went two up. And then they threw it. They lost it from there and, went, and lost three two. And you know, I, th- I know things turned. There as was well. a missed
1: penalty as well. Miss was it? Grant, Carl and Grant, missed yeah. penalty,
0: and you think. Surely that's got to be it now. When you look back, and it's easy with hindsight to say he should have gone earlier. But even at the time, I remember thinking that's it now. Yeah, they're yeah. going to have to make a change. If if Albion want to do something this season, they were down. They were start. They, they, they dropped like a fly. They were languishing even the, at that point above the relegation zone. And and would, I think, past the point of performances.
1: So, uh, in the first, what, well, month, maybe six weeks. Yeah, you can make, you make a, case a case for, for performance for... yeah. But um, by this point, I mean, the Swans game, it's 1st of October. Then there's a trip to, to Deepdale. I mean, that Wednesday, that, that Preston away was bad, wasn't it? Grim. It was bad. Press fact. food was good that night. I very, right. very good, yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. Yeah, my first time in Preston, that was. But that, that was the definite highlight.
0: And that was the first game he played um, Alex Palmer as well, have It was, it, rightly. it
1: was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, he made a really good save early on and that should have happened far earlier far earlier Um, and okay hindsight we can say that now because Palmer's come in and done brilliantly I would say however it's the job of the manager and the coaching staff is it not to assess in training and make those calls
0: even that night and then that result happened I remember there was a bit of sort of fraud on on Twitter that night because Roy Keane was spotted in the the stands and his sort (laughs) of his odds then plummeted for the um, Albion job
1: and a couple of fans had had a what to do with, with Bruce outside the coach at Preston, That's didn't they? That's yeah. Do you remember? On video. Yeah. Um, I
0: remember walking past a very sort of stressed-looking Ron that night when I was walking yeah, away for yeah. my, uh, my half-time cup of tea. He's in the corridor. But things are starting to to turn there, aren't they? And, and, and still, Steve Bruce had another game. Yeah, it was, it was almost sort of putting him out of his misery at that point, or putting Albin out of their misery at the same time. Um, but even that, that Luton game was, I know we've used the word grim about ten times in the past five minutes, but... <laughs> That was another turgid result, but for me, it should have come four games before that. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: when you when well, you without, in, without loading a match report, Johnny, I couldn't tell you much about that stalemate with Leeds in, No. I tell you, no. um, it just felt like the whole thing was going through the motions. Players, Bruce, fans, you know, apathy in terms of this has gone on a very long time. Why has nothing been done about it? You know, <laughs> almost like what's the point? Yeah. But if a bad result is is anything gonna change? But then it did, didn't it? On the so that was Saturday that Saturday, the the golden straw Luton, and then Monday morning, I think I'm right in saying it was yeah, Monday, Monday morning Monday, was yeah. when the club acted. Um, we had the
0: I can't remember if it was the old classic corner flag picture with the statement or the Not the, sure. the it, so did, it, the grand. it did happen while I was on the. Um, it did happen while I was on
1: the motorway, which was um, very inc- which it, yeah, yeah which is
0: is is, the... is 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 not useful, but. Oh. Um, but yeah it was right. almost like a sigh of relief wasn't it sort of weight off the shoulders of sort of the football club that the decision yeah had almost and been this is
1: and this isn't one to get too far ahead but when we spoke to Ron Gourlay and Jan which uh, you know, i'm sure we'll cover a bit later that that would, the chief executive admitted that that went on for a couple of weeks too long, and I think I think that's spot on, isn't it? And again, easy with hindsight, yes, but a lot, if not most, of people were saying that at the time, weren't they? Let's be honest. It's
0: e- it's an easy sort of assumption to make, but if you look back at that, if he had gone after Norwich, now we're saying, you know, obviously it is easy with hindsight, but you've got Swansea, Preston, Luton and Re- Luton Red in Bristol City, and Millwall. There, now obviously they three of them are under oh. Rich Beale, but. If Corbran, Corbran maybe had come in, I don't know if he'd gone from Olympiacos. I was Army. just
1: wondering that. I think he... Let me, let me just check. It was around then. Um,
0: but if he'd come in a little bit earlier, he'd probably backed him to win one of them games. And then you look forward to, to May and what happened. Yeah. you know, It makes a huge difference. I think when you look at why Albion didn't get in the playoffs, I think a, large, a big say in it is the fact that Bruce didn't go two or three weeks earlier than he should have done. So,
1: cool. yeah. No, agreed. Corbran was actually sacked... Um, by a quick Google, there the day after Albion drew in Norwich.
0: Yeah, so there's still which, three uh, games after that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, and and but and it's actually, an easy assumption to make no, because it's no, 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 different yeah. moving parts. Yeah. If he did, had to come in earlier, if Bruce would have gone, but you feel but that I,
1: when Bruce was given the international break, uh, and and the games after it, I remember that you know the sort of line was well, look at look at the fixtures we've got when we start up again. You know, no disrespect, but Swans. Preston, Luton, Reading, Bristol City, even Millwall then were not pulling up any trees, I don't think. And that was a, what, five or six games where, well, it's clearly do or die now because it's gone on well longer than anyone would have really imagined. Um, But again, I think by this point, I mentioned apathy, but certainly confidence had had long since drained,
0: hadn't it? On the deck.
1: Long long since drained. and, And fans, you know, had turned. I remember at the start of the season there were chants behind Bruce some fans I got a sense that certainly I don't know maybe half of the fan base I don't know what percentage wished it to work wanted it to work because they liked you know some of the way Bruce carried himself some of the things he said um the start of football at the start of the season wasn't wasn't a, a terrible watch mm. was it it wasn't a bad watch um however all that you know I think even the most glass half full baggy, had um, had sort of, resigned themselves to this isn't working under Bruce. So, so yeah. Um, and then we had the we had the weird what was it
0: four game
1: caretaker spell. I think of Rich? it was three. Three, yeah. Three, three, yeah.
0: But just on the, I want to talk about briefly about the Reading game. Obviously, Rich Beale was put in charge. Taylor Gardner-Eckman, someone who Albion fans have been calling to play more regularly, was sort of the standout in that game. Scored a, a really good goal. And for me, I, that was another game. I was I was working elsewhere that day, but. It seemed that Albion players needed to show a bit of character to go and get a result. To, to, you know, in that interim period, to to gain a little bit of momentum, and this sh- didn't happen in the previous, the following two games. But at Reading, they almost showed that they went and grabbed the result. You know, when confidence was really low, I think Alex Palmer was yeah. an absolute worldie that day. Everything he he sort of touched, you know, he, he sort of kept out, and it made you think that if Albion can get maybe a draw, another draw, or a win in this interim period, it'll give a new manager a really good base to build on, as it happened. It didn't, it didn't really happen, did it? No, and again, you know what, the, the, the home
1: midweek to Bristol City, off the back of that was, we mentioned, uh, Blues was... You i, gonna, I, I you going to
0: say grim again? No, well, I, I, <laughs> I agree with
1: you in the Blues home being um, the worst, probably, I, I would say, but that Bristol City at home... It finished 2 0, it was
0: 2 0 at half time. Such from, a forgetful memory. It was such like a forgetful evening. If yeah. you look back at it, I can't remember the, the goals. I remember just Albion being generally just poor that night and
1: Yeah, but at Bristol City won at at Canter. Um game was done by half time. It was really it was a real it was a real tough night, as was the trip to Millwall then, that um that that weekend coming and and, and you sort Millwall, of
0: trips to Millwall aren't nice at the best. Of yeah, time,
1: I so mean we they? we were we were feeling for Richard Beale, I think, at, at this point, weren't we? You know, what what he'd been left with, what he had to try and inspire and turn around. And, yeah, it looked like he got a, a tune out of them at Reading, he did. Reading, obviously, have, have gone on to be, to be pretty dire this season. But, yeah, he did. very, very, very few positives at this point, was there? I mean, again, you could break down the Millwall game and say, well, you know, Albion t- take the lead and it's 1-1 until um, until Carl Bartley's red card a few minutes from time and that's not the first time Carl Bartley's come up in this uh, this show is it but yeah that that red card was was a shocker let's be honest and it cost Albin dear there as as uh, Millwall went on for a 90th minute winner but that was how it was going wasn't it costly silly but costly errors Albin weren't getting away with anything and um, yeah taking kicking after kicking after kicking and Needed to do something about it badly, didn't they? There were all kinds of names in the in sort of swirling in the room at that time, and uh, well, mercifully, we didn't have to wait too too much longer for uh, for an appointment. At you know what was it? Eleven thirty at night, wasn't it? That was, uh, I think it a, bit, was a bit yeah yeah. I was yeah. certainly I was certainly um, I, I was <laughs> in bed ready to sleep when we got the. Uh, I was watching a documentary that
0: night, and it was like half eleven. It was. I was watching a documentary on Amazon and I was like, "That's oh, not going to be next." An now and then I get the, get the nod from Coxie. The weirdest, the, laptop out. the weirdest
1: thing you you might remember me saying this was: we had a massive power cut in Telford, just like oh, yeah. on the second I, we had the message through, and a power cut to the point where the the electric lights outside your house kind of not explode, but you get like a green flash. And you think there's some sort of UFO alien kind of? Uh, perhaps it was. Carlos, Carlos Colbran descending yeah, yeah. Um, no but my first concern was oh god how am I going to get connected <laughs> to my wifi and laptop for this 11.30pm yeah. manager announcement um, however <laughs> just about made it happen that was a surreal couple of hours I'll tell you yeah. Um, but yeah I mean a huge a huge call in, in well I was going to say in Albion season but yeah in, in terms of salvaging the season you would say in terms of making Better of a disastrous situation, let's let's be honest. Well, the second bottom when Carlos came in obviously would drop to, to the very foot of the table. Um optimism and sort of energy were at an all-time low, I think, in the stands and the in the squad. We'd we'd long gone past the point where our performances have been okay, they'll turn, and sort of we were questioning everything in the squad, makeshift positions, uh, atmosphere and all of that. So, um, something big
0: needed to come. It certainly did. Just looking back at that, Lewis, you know, there were a number of names sort of sort of swirling. I remember having a, a message one day saying it was gonna, that, that Carlos Carvajal's name was sort of in the <laughs> ring. When you look back, can you remember any? Was, was Colbran always top target when... When I'll be able to, cause, That's, you know we'll yeah. talk about the decision and, and Ron Gauley's decision to appoint um, Corbran which was absolutely the right one. But were there many other names in the frame at the time?
1: That's the impression that we got. That was um, Corbran obviously sucked by Olympiakos very quickly in his reign at Greece, was was certainly um, a prominent candidate. Obviously, you don't start with just one name. You have a you know you you sort of assess who's out there, assess who's interested, and then draw up a. A rather short shortlist, and um, and Corbran was well in that. And I know from certainly when they met for the first time, I think there was a couple of interviews, possibly three. Um, I think they sort of, blew, you, you know, he. I wanted to find a better phrase, but I think he blew uh, Gorley's socks off really with how he presented what he is as a head coach, what he what he wants to do, his vision for Albion, and all of that. I think from from the moment they probably had the first conversation, in person. Um, there was there was little sort of I want to say little interest in alternative but they knew who their first choice was really in terms of how Corbran had impressed them I remember uh, Ron Gourlay and, and Corbran actually saying that um, they found each other in, in in a jovial way they found each other hard work until they, they got the thing signed you know like they, they perhaps they both drove a hard bargain or certainly, certainly Ron Gourlay did he, I think he made Corbran work for it but Look, uh, as you rightly say, Johnny, a, a marvellous appointment. Um, someone who I think we've all seen can be capable of, to go on to very, very good things. Um, is is well on the radar of top flight clubs in in the land, um, and had a magnificent impact straight away, didn't he? And yes, you know it, it waned and tailed and up and downs at the end of the season, but. I think going doing this uh, forty minute therapy session um, of you know reliving what July, August, September, and October, I think it possibly helps you take stock as well, really, of uh, of where it was because it wasn't a very good place, was it? But yeah, I think in terms of the candidates, they they got it right. That's easy for us to say now, isn't it? But it. it was it a bold call? I don't I mean, it worked wonders at Huddersfield hadn't it? and it, it didn't work for an However, that's a different beast, isn't it? That's I d I I don't know, someone tell me otherwise, but if you're going to Olympiarchos in Greece, it's like doing them you know, getting a Man you gig in England. It it's is, it's yeah, the yeah. top, you know, one of the top um, European football and all of that. It didn't work. I, I managed in the Europa League with them, I think I'm right in saying, I think. Um there were other there were other candidates. There were a lot of names, weren't they? I mean, you mentioned Carver Hardy, You there, there were some very there were some left field names, weren't there? Um, I mean, not necessarily left field, but I remember the likes of um, Gary Rowett. Obviously, at Millwall was, was sort of strongly linked, wasn't he? I think that was sort of agent and Rowett's people driven, possibly um, probably 20,
0: twenty quid on him at William Mill. Well, and in, in terms of his
1: loca- you know, location <laughs> as well. But yeah, um, remember. Remember, like the search had gone on a while, and all of a sudden you hear, you see, like Jody Morris. Yeah. You know he was like on yeah. the Chelsea staff, wasn't he? I think he eventually took the Swindon, Swindon job, which he's now been sacked. Yeah, from, and replaced with Michael Flynn. You just think that's, um, yeah, it was it that was, was a balmy period. A yeah. fortnight of a, a couple of names certainly, um, but I think I'd imagine ninety nine percent. Lehmannsen, yeah, I think Liam yeah. Was his name was banded. Yes, about it, the it, time, it was, it? and you. you, you you are right to mention racsenior because he did impress and he was he was a notable candidate um from what i understand he he did impress um wh- where would he have been at Dar- derby derby and just won. just gone yeah. from derby or is he still at yeah. derby obviously when, when Albion night, played derby in the cup away he was he was still judge. there yeah. and um and obviously he'd end up at hull, hull wouldn't he yeah. um but yeah he's, he's a highly regarded young coach racsenior and was mentioned at the time wasn't he I'd, i but i think as i say i think 99% of of fans listening to this are, are, um, are very pleased at what, what Albion did and, yeah. and certainly the impact he was able to have
0: Well he was only here for a, a few days we're going to have a little we're going to have a little break in a bit before we, I think we need a little bit of a break mm. before we get onto to all the positive stuff that Carlos has brought but that first game Sheffield United um, I'm not going to use the word grim um, <laughs> but it was certainly it wasn't great Col- Corbrand came in he'd only be, had two or three days with the Albion players Albion lost 2-0 I think it was the early kickoff that day if I remember rightly yeah. So before three o'clock, Albin had plummeted to the the foot of the table. Lewis, when you left the Hawthorns that night, what were you thinking? Because I was certainly thinking, where does it go from from me? I know it's a new manager. The and only the, way is up. The only way is up, of course. But it was struggling. It was hard to see with the, you know the the, the the sort of lack of confidence that Albion had where it was going to turn. We, none of us certainly envisioned what envisaged what was going to happen in the next few games. But that was sort of well, it was. Statistically, the lowest point of Alpine
1: season. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was a hard first game, wasn't it? Sheffield, yeah. one of the two best teams in the division, were for all of the season. Most, if not all of the season. Um, however, you always want that immediate reaction bounce, don't you? That's You kind of long for that when you appoint a new manager and that helps get things off to a, an ideal start and sort of remove any lingering doubts. However... Again, what were I being 2-0 down by the break, I think? Two yeah. first half goals were there again. McBurney was it? McBurney? Yeah. Um Yeah, and then uh, I yeah, 2 0 no down by 23rd minute. So yeah, it couldn't have started much much worse. I remember I remember Carlos changing formations, sort of mid second half, and it, it improved. Um I, I do remember post match, he was very he wasn't too downbeat as you'd expect. It's his first game, but he was very much this is the, the lowest, you know, we need to use this feeling of being bottom as, as low as we can be to, to remember the pain he was talking about. We need to use it as kind of fuel to ensure that if we, we sort this out, um, we can't, you know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves, that kind of thing. Um, you know, he, he was being asked about, it. clearly from the end of Bruce and, and then the caretaker uh, period, confidence and sort of belief was at an all time low and they, it felt to us watching. I'm sure it's saying for fans that the players didn't believe that they could win again and then you're thinking well how, if they don't believe that then how, the only way is for for this new manager, a head coach to motivate them beyond belief, to, to pick them up somehow and um, obviously fortunately Corbran was able to do that very, very very quickly I starting from that Tuesday night uh, with an important late home win it really just amazingly quickly changed the momentum didn't it really I think everyone at the Hawthorns against Blackpool that night knew it was a big big win probably just because um, the team started the day bottom and um, I remember writing before that Blackpool game it felt like you know now or never like you know we keep saying big game but this you know if
0: you start losing when you're bottom of the table you can very easily get cut yeah and imagine
1: if Corbran would have started with back to back home defeats you know or another run of what well, had there been? Had been two wins, two league wins by that point. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying Hull, yeah. Hull in August, and then Reading under Beal. So, um, yeah, like you say cut adrift, Johnny? You're right. And, well, I'd, I'm not sure. Well, I, in fact, I'm pretty confident that none of us, as you say, could could have seen the run that was to follow, because it was it was quite an incredible ride, wasn't it? And yeah, we had the World Cup break in for a month in between it, but it. It not just captured the imagination. Very quickly, we were worrying about the bottom three. I think you know? I remember us talking on podcasts, Johnny, about
0: are oh, we going to play in League One? Well, next yeah, that and, and but the, it wasn't even the, like the, tongue the, in cheek. You was well, it's it's like yeah. serious
1: conversations, the, wasn't it? But the parachute payment situation of, of the finances, you know, changing dramatically for the worse come the end of the season with no Premier League. But hold on, what what what, <laughs> what will it mean going down another league to League One? you know it's not just no premier league money distinct champ- possibility of no championship money and you're sort of it's scrambling night, yeah. thinking oh my word you know what's the way out of this but no, thankfully Corbyn had a had a
0: way out thankfully he did we're going to well we're going to start talking about that positive rate in a second but time to bring you an advert as always the kettle and toaster man uh, the Baggies broadcast sorry is sponsored by the kettle and toaster man um, the place where you can go for all your sort of household item needs. Again, they've got a free shipping on certain products at the moment. They've got that little offer on, so head over to to and, and get yourselves get your hands on a load of products down there. They've got some great stuff, always at reasonable prices. So head along and see if you can get a get something with a with a little discount on your shipping. Right, Coxie, as you said there, you know, Coolbrand certainly sort of boosted the confidence of Albion that late goal against against Blackpool from Yukushlu, um then the QPR result and the, the Stoke result three wins you know it showed that in, within the space of three weeks or two and a half weeks Albion had sort of things had been turned on their head and they had that momentum Then there was positivity going into the World Cup break which, which Corbrand utilised perfe- almost perfectly mm. in terms of sort of turning things around I want to touch I made a point before and, I, and I'll talk about it with a different player sort of um, before we wrap up but what he did very early on, he sort of flipped Kyle Bartley's season on its head. Cole sort of the the amount of sort of individual players that he's sort of improved for personally for me that when I look at it, that he's improved this season. Matty Phillips is a is a is a massive standout one. Obviously he had his injury earlier in in this year. But Kyle Bartley, he'd gone from, you know, the Birmingham game, which was what, five or six games before. Um and then scores the winner at QPR, scores against Stoke, you know, plays absolutely unbelievably well, but then gets injured in the, in the World Cup break. But that shows the impact that Corbrandt was able to have so quickly. Obviously, he couldn't have it quickly enough against Sheffield United, which I don't think anyone would have, but it shows that he, the message he got across to the Albion players, they got on board with it very, very quickly.
1: Yeah, it's two things for me, I think, in terms of qualities of a manager or head coach. it's um, As a coach, tactically, and not even tactically, just as a coach, just what you're doing with them on the on the training ground uh, in terms of drills, in terms of messages and the other ones, the motivational I don't know, psychological side of it, man management side of it and I think to get such a response from not just Bartley you mentioned Phillips but other players as well I think it's it's a massive credit to what Corbran can do in both of those regards so highly regarded as a as a trainer, as a as a head coach, in on the coaching pitch, tireless, relentless coach, attention to detail is unbelievable, really. Um, but but the other side of it, the motivational side of it, the the inspirational speaking, the messages, the meetings he has collectively with a group or individually with players. It's um, it features the kind of detail and. Um, sort of attention to a player's whole career that I have I've I've very really seen. Uh very rarely seen anywhere else really. So that's it is no surprise to me looking back that he got such a reaction from them. That's that's the truth. Um yeah but Bar- Bartley was strange in that period, wasn't he? He was all, all of a sudden, absolutely nowhere, Albion career surely finished, to um, sort of all conquering, wins the game at QPR basically beat Stoke at home on his own didn't he he could have had a hat-trick in the first half yeah, yeah. that day yeah. um, but you know we, we laugh about it but it's so useful I remember up until that point Albin probably hadn't scored from a corner had they something they used to be so, oh, so good at in the Olsen Macaulay or Dawson eras of heading in Brunty's crosses Albin players
0: are going to be like jumping through the screen when you're comparing Carl Bartley to Albian in the Dawson as well. But I just mean, mean heading, heading in corners, yeah. scoring goals uh, from corners, isn't it? You yeah, know, yeah, that's. Yeah. It did, uh, I don't think Albion scored from a set piece or quarter. I think they scored probably. at Norwich. Before uh, that, points, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But you know exactly that, and it's such an effective weapon, isn't it? But also at the other end of the pitch, you know, a clean sheet at QPR, a clean sheet against Stoke, Bartley and his teammates. You know, it's not just not a one man band, but also heading. Everything clear in the other the yeah. other end, so look, it was working, and it's another segment. But Bartley triggered another year in his contract, didn't he? With appearance yeah. uh, related clause, which for all I've just said positive about in there, didn't didn't go down too well, did it? For for one reason or another, look, he's he's obviously a big earner, and um, you know it's probably something the club and the club's coffers and everything that's now transpired could do without. I mean. But having said that, how different would the picture have been if Bartley would have played the last six or eight months? The, yeah, the reality yeah. is, since since he triggered that, since that World Cup break, we haven't seen him, have we? We haven't seen him play. And um,
0: play Rotherham didn't he? And
1: well, you can you can't really count it, count can you? you? What ten minutes? Um, we haven't seen it. Uh, setbacks is is what we've been told on his way back from injury, and we're told he wants to play, determined to get back, but we haven't seen it. And we don't know if if. If he'd have stayed fit and not picked up that injury in Spain and not kept getting setbacks, how how different would things have been? I mean, you'd, it's impossible to say, isn't it? But in that period, Albion were obviously flying, and Bartley was a big part of it, wasn't he? There's no no doubt about that. And there's an interesting question mark next to his name for next season. I would say, yeah. what what role is he going to play next season? We we don't know. Um, yeah, so that that will be interesting to to see. But that was. I'm not going to say a sliding doors moment not by by no means but what could have been maybe if if he'd have stayed fit and that's nothing against a Peters Ajay a then eventually played at the end of the season didn't he when sort of Dara was the only sort of regular wasn't he and then, then even he dropped down but yeah strange strange period but Albin were flying weren't they they were and and I remember us leaving QPR and then certainly when the swept aside Stoke final game before the break you're sort of cursing the World Cup break aren't you because we're in a flying momentum here we don't want a break oh but Carlos Corrano get a bit of a mini pre-season with the players to be able to maybe not whip him into shape physically but get his ideas onto him and um, and as soon as we returned we returned at Sunderland didn't we on a, oh, an, man, a, another weeknight Whew. yeah yeah we did a podcast from a.
0: Did a podcast. Premier in hotel room. My, there, uh, my uh, there's a lot of good memories from that. But one of the worst ones was was you trying to park your car on a on a car park, oh, on a hill that night. That was crikey. A, that was Would you remember the little? Do you remember the little car park we went into that was full? Yeah, that, that was, was it. dicey, yeah. wasn't it? Oh was, my god, could have been a bad start. As yeah. it transpired, it was a it was a very very good evening for Albion. Um, and a Tom Roggich Masterclass. Tom Roggich Masterclass, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk about him at the end. Our most disappointments in terms of players. But Lewis, an, an Albion fan sent me something the other day that Albion have lost games from winning positions. They're the highest in the table for sort of losing games from winning positions. But there are a few really key three points that they picked up during the season where they dug in and came from behind. Luton's one that we'll touch on. But Sunderland was one as well. That felt at the time like a real. Massive result. Tom Rogic announced himself on the stage on an Albion stage and we thought he would kick on, which didn't transpire. But dal DK as well. Yeah, yeah. Daryl DK coming back in this you know, against Stoke, I think he came off the bench really yeah. late on and he was reintroduced. You know, we all had our fingers crossed through that sort of training camp and the training that they did in the in the Wheel Cup break. We had just, no idea what to expect from DK It was DK, a fantastic it, you know? goal and that night just felt we've had so many of them moments where you thought Albion are gonna kick on. They did here. But it all sort of started it, it started with, against Blackpool, but it all Sort of maybe kicked half-time further into at gear. Half time at some because in the first half of Sunderland the Albion weren't great, but the second half it showed. Corbrand showed his quality. I thought in that second half with the changes that he made. Yeah. You know both the both of them were substitutions. I think that came on, and it was a it was a superb superb and, night up in Sunderland.
1: And interestingly, I've subsequently seen some fans suggest that that kind of proactive change is made earlier in his Albion tenure. Corbrand maybe waned a bit. Later on, and I don't, I'm, I'm not saying for a second I necessarily agree with that. However, I sort of see what's being said by it. But I, I my, my sort of counter argument to that was what well, I think when Albin resumed from the World Cup, said DK's back, was he ed- had more options e- to bring on? E- yeah, e- everyone other than yeah. I mean, we've just mentioned Bartley, was everyone else fit? Probably. Mm. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but look, come Feb March, the. As As we're going to get on eventually that the squad was done, wasn't it physically yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we talk about the we spoke on podcasts and videos about the injury situation. I remember around Christmas, which is what we're getting on to now. It was the busy Christmas period, and I remember us asking at press conferences me and uh, local colleagues just asking Carlos Corbran, why are you being so fortunate in the in the treatment room, so perhaps it's our fault, yeah, sort of cursing your fault. it yeah, it's your fault, yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah It turns out, look, it's it swings and roundabouts,
0: isn't it? I think if Coxie uh, would have kept his mouth shut, we'd all
1: be enjoying the playoffs right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, My bad, but yeah, it's all kind of not that it all spiraled or unravelled in that replay against Chesterfield, but that was the uh, that was like the launch, Mm. wasn't it? That was the trigger of the The injury crisis, losing
0: losing key regulars. Let's let's be honest. Um, Just before that, Coxie, uh, there was the the Sunderland win. In the Rotherham win, um, sort of routine 3-0 victory. And I'm just looking at, at that point, Albion, it was the rearranged game against Coventry, which was a few days before Christmas, which Albion lost to. But Albion had gone from bottom to, if they'd have won at I remember if they'd have won at Coventry that evening, they would have been level on points with six-play Sunderland. They would have almost basically been in the playoffs. It was at such an unbelievable turnaround. We then had the, the 2-0 win over Preston. Oh, sorry, the, the 2-0 win at, at Bristol City on Boxing Day, the yep. 2 0 win over at Preston, which I thought Albion were exceptional in both of those games. I thought the goals Albion scored were tremendous. Occoy was at his peerless. Yeah, Occoy scored two, I think, against Preston, did the, yeah. the BTA goal and the Matty Phillips goal at Bristol City were fantastic. It just felt like Albion were almost like a steam train that no one could stop. They were, they were sort of getting, I think, at that point, probably up into the playoff spots.
1: Well, well 1 0 win over Reading on the 2nd of Jan. Yeah, that that was a DK winner on the hour, and Albion weren't particularly good against Reading. However, I just remember everyone in the Hawthorns knew the goal was coming. Yeah. There was a total change in yeah. um, optimism and, and from a- anxiety
0: to almost sort of yeah. expectation. Yeah, yeah. I mean. and
1: you know you mentioned the Cov defeat just before Christmas, which was tough to take, wasn't it? In the manner of it, clearly, you know, a draw wouldn't have been bad at all, would it? And um, however, the response from it. The response and the performances and results from it was excellent. It showed that a Corbrand team can recover from a knock, a tough knock as well. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, just looking at the fixtures here, we can probably skate over Chesterfield three, Albion three, can't we? Because that's a bit of an, an anomaly, really, a, a different game against a team from what three three levels below. But the next league game was looting away, and it's like, it's like roll, you know, it's like repeat Sunderland, isn't it? Being down at at half-time and, and hitting back. Another example of Corbran being able to rally his players in games, make changes in games. Um, that was some away end that night, wasn't it? That's probably a week. Again, we're going to be doing it later in this podcast. We hammer Luton, don't we, as a, as a venue. Um, however, if you ask any Alvin fan in the away end that afternoon, um, that's got to be up there for one of the, one of the uh, experiences of the season, I would say, in terms of a comeback like that, away from home. Sort of winning goals right in front here, limbs in the away end. We just remember getting splashed by a puddle outside the ground, muddy water, don't we? And no facilities. But no, it was like that was a class day, and again, it just keeps reaffirming what what Corbrand's doing to this team, and and yeah, we we sort of it peaks out around there, doesn't it? Around that new year, about that turnaround win at Luton, I well in the playoff picture and and looking strong and. Um, yeah, then came, I suppose, a more challenging run. And this is all while being in the backdrop of the January window, of course, yeah. which, which we haven't yet mentioned.
0: Yeah, it was, that run was you know, a tremendous run, I think, I've got that. It was 10 wins from 12. The only two defeats in them, those 12 games came against Coventry away. Um, and it was the Burnley, Burnley game away on the Friday night, Lewis, in January. Um, we'll talk about the January window now in terms of Albion. It was always going to be sort of lone signings that Albion were looking at. I think injuries dictated what they were going to try and do. Matty Phillips was injured by that point, which, you know, was a big blow. In the end they brought yeah. in Chaliber and All Brighton. And on the face of it, it seemed like quite a decent window, really, given the the calibre of player. All in a Premier League winner, Chalaber being promoted from the champ, played in the Premier League. It felt like Albion came out of that window certainly stronger.
1: I think we knew that Corban wanted to beef his midfield. Um obviously by that point I think I think I'm right in saying by that point, Malumbi and, um, and Yacusele were starting games together regularly. Yeah. Just having a look at that, yeah. Um, and sort of growing as a, as a partnership in stature, as a pairing. Yacusele took a while to get up to speed, didn't he? He had a bit of a limited pre-season. We were sort of waiting for him to get into his stride almost to see what he was about. And we know how, we know how much Malumbi. Sort of progress through the season, but we were seeing next to nothing of Gardner Hickman. Where we really sort of theme that continued despite that sort of game he had at Reading under the interim period. It didn't look like, didn't didn't appear. Cobran sort of fancied using him all too often. Um, so we we were sort of thinking, well, the midfield needs a bit a bit of boost in here, and um, obviously we'd had the Onuma thing happen last last deadline and. And Chalabu was an interesting name, wasn't he? Um, barely featured. Barely featured for Fulham in the Premier League. Oh, that's, not a, that's not a damning indictment, is it? In the top flight, Fulham were flying. However, you do worry, I, I think, in, in January when players are coming in who haven't featured too often, you do worry about match sharpness. Okay. And whatsoever, we've got to wait a month, six weeks for them to get up to speed, might pick up a niggle all of a sudden before you know it, you're in April, you know? And it's... Um,
0: I don't think they ever really both got up to speed, did yeah, they?
1: Yeah, no, no. Um, no. Ironically, Chalaber had a good game or two and then broke down with a bad injury, didn't he? But he really struggled in his opening games, didn't he, Chalaber? And, and Albrighton, um couldn't have been much more positive or sharp on his debut, could he, Mark Albrighton? Um I think most, if not all of us, thought that looked such a smart signing, such a like-for-like like with Phillips, someone we're so used to seeing... You know, do really well for Leicester in the top flight, and yes, thirty three now. But he actually been in the Foxes team, hadn't he? Before the loan, scored a goal, I remember. So you kind of think, well, he, he must have some sharp match sharpness in his legs. Um, could from memory can play either side? Yeah. You know, compliment Wallace so well. Um, Dean Garner was about to pick up his knock as well as Phillips, wasn't he? So that was just like one blow after the other. But or Brighton's coming in. I remember interviewing at Brighton. We got a chance to go and speak to him down at the training ground. It felt like a real breath of fresh air, a real injection of positivity, despite a couple of injuries. That and
0: experience as well, you know. know how? Yeah, I yeah. think a player who probably I'm not sure if he went up with with Leicester or he or he signed for Leicester in the Premier League, but he had a lot of experience. Lewis, just looking at the f- fixtures. I'm sorry. Before we look at the the fixtures after that, obviously Albion Albion won ten in twelve. And then, out of the blue, rewarded Carlos Corbran with a brand new contract, keeping him at the club for, for I think it was I think it's twenty twenty seven. His new contract is two, um, following interest from I think he was yeah. sort of linked, not with an immediate move, but to West Ham. But I think it had been rumoured in the in the national press that West Ham were looking at him potentially from this summer. Leeds as well, who at the time were were getting ready to I to move on. Everton were mentioned Everton as well, as well. but Albion were very proactive. In, in tying him down and I think when we sort of critique Ron Gawley's performance this season you know, we'll look at the decision to bring Corbran in but also now the decision to, to, to look far into the future and see that he's going to be getting this interest and they need to tie him down
1: Yeah I mean it's no surprise is it that his name has been mentioned in circles having what as you say won 10 from 11 10 from 12 turned fortunes and season around under such pressure really as, as was Albion in this season. Um he's already a coach with high reputation, isn't he? From from where he was at Leeds, what he what he did at Leeds as a sort of right you know, and, and then what he did at youth levels. He's he's very well known and liked by Leeds. You know, they still have tabs on him, they're aware of of what he is, how good he is. And that, look, who knows, have, have we seen the end of um Leeds United's I don't know it was interest but time with with Corbrand. who knows? Leeds fans always seem desperate for you see stuff on socials, don't you? You know, come come back to Leeds and all of that. Leeds is situation in the air. I mean, who knows? That could well be going to Ellen Road next season, couldn't we? As as we're speaking at the minute. Um but of course you you know, you and that was while West Ham was mentioned and that felt a bit Sketchy. I I couldn't see that really. The leads was the one, and then Everton. About, yeah, Leeds was a a worry, wasn't it? And Leeds felt properly. You know, it it felt like there was clear sort of interest from them, and yeah, we we, we didn't know whether, you know, how how much they were going to firm that up, how where he was in terms of their their targets, and how much power Albion would have to. But he'd had an unbelievable start, hadn't he? So. I suppose Corbran had quite quite a bit of power really and in the end he was able to get a you know much improved contract from it and put you know hand in hand with putting Albion in a stronger position but look if if he's doing well enough to get that kind of interest from those kind of clubs then it's going very very well on the pitch at the Hawthorns isn't it so you've you've got to look like it, look at it like that I suppose but there was there was serious concern in the air wasn't there I think when when Corbran was that strongly linked with Leeds um there are other candidates at Leeds we know, and in the end they went down a different road. Thankfully, but um, yeah, I, and again, yeah, what 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 was that? Just looking at the season, looking at the schedule that was around. That was
0: February seventh, Lewis, because it was right on my birthday. It was a very oh, nice yeah, birthday go. present, but um, typical... ju- just before we went to Saint Andrews on it Friday was, night, then. yes, which we're not going to skirt too much on there, on that that awful evening at, at Birmingham, but in typical fashion Corbrandt signed that contract and then won one in the next five you look at it Birmingham 2-0 the one-all draw with Blackburn which was just after yeah. Alex Palmer had, I think David Button had come back in for the Birmingham game if I remember rightly that's right he'd come back in for the Cov win Cov win
1: sorry yeah uh, in the Birmingham game which was sort of some welcome relief respite wasn't it All Brighton's debut um, another Friday night so many Friday night games know. this season
0: unbelievable know. isn't it but then Button came in for the Birmingham game at a, a howler Yeah. And then Josh Griffiths was thrown in against Blackburn. You know, when you look at missed opportunities, you know, you see that Blackburn, what he probably should have done better with a Blackburn goal, if Albion fans remember. Um, The defeat at Watford, which was a sort of open, end to end, you know, bit of a mad sort of game that night at Watford. Um, And he signed that new contract, and then he's got no wins in the next three games. Um, but sort of recovered a little bit after that. Lewis. the Middlesbrough result was massive, wasn't it? I remember Middlesbrough coming to town. <coughs> Albion on a bit of a, as you said, their rocky patch. I think they would the form team, Borough, weren't they? Yeah, it? between before and after Corbrand's contract, Albion had won one in five. The Coventry game, Borough the form team, but Albion then showed what they're all about once again with a with a fantastic win. DK with a double. Yeah, and it was it was something that we haven't yet mentioned
1: uh, in, in in this hour. And it was the Hawthorns' fall. Yeah, it was. Unbelievable. It, it was like club history stuff, wasn't it? I I remember writing things about best run of results for a hundred years, wasn't it? Like something like that. Um they weren't conceding either, were they? Oh, amazing. That Ben Burrit and Diaz. That was the only goal, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it you know, it's Griffith's error, isn't it? It shouldn't shouldn't have gone in and could have made all the difference, like like you rightly say. But funny period, wasn't it? Because by now we're well into the period of Brilliant at home, terrible away. Mm. It, it was clear by this point. What what that that Luton um, game in mid Jan, the comeback was the last away win, joy, success for ages, wasn't it? Until what Stoke? Until mid April, yeah, yeah, three three months I've been went without winning away and look. As much as we kept asking Carlos corran about it, and as much as he kept saying doesn't matter where you get your results, there's nothing in it, you know, it doesn't matter, we win home and away, it was It, had to be it, well, it was costing them, yeah. it was costing, and it, it it has and did cost the club, didn't it really, and don't get me wrong, I've not really had it explained to me, because the, the Carlos was sort of reluctant to address it really, it, it didn't sort of give us an answer as to why, sort of more broke down the games themselves, rather than it being home than away, which is right to be fair, yeah. but... When you look at blame or reasons as to why Alvin didn't get in the top six, we've already spoke about the delay in sacking Bruce, which is a big reason. But that run of away drought is a massive reason. Because just turning a couple of those defeats into draws and one, I don't know, draw into, into win the, the Cardiff away just before the international break... Um, Hull on the Friday night again. That was bad, wasn't it? Hull away, Hull away on that Friday night at the at the start of March. We we thought it.
0: It's Just looking at missed opportunities. Yeah, yeah they're missed massively. opportunities throughout yeah. the season. But I'm looking now from from say uh, Blackburn at home onwards. You know, and this is not. You can say like Birmingham away is a missed opportunity, but Albion never deserved to win that game because nah. they were terrible that night. But if you could take into consideration the performances and the chances Albion had in these games. Blackburn, you say, is two dropped. And then you go, Hull is, for me, three dropped because Albion had loads of chances that night. And, you know, it was two. I think it was a worldy strike from one of them. I can't remember. So, yeah, it it wasn't the performance at Hull that was bad, you're right. But the the general move by that point. But even though you, and then you keep going, Cardiff, you know, Cardiff felt like two dropped. QPR. Massively two drops because I haven't been able to rally and beat
1: Wigan and Huddersfield at home, had not yeah. they? And get yes, they back. one nils and maybe a bit unconvincing. However, you can only beat what's there, can't you? And and those clubs were scrapping at that that time clearly. Um, thank God, we're about to we're about to reach the uh, Easter double header, aren't we? Yeah, Which we'll was...
0: talk about that in terms of. Why Albion didn't get in the playoffs and 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 why overall you know Corbrand reign is a success, but overall Albion's season is a fa is you know it is a failure because they haven't got in the playoffs. You have to you can't look no further than that Bank Holiday weekend. I've just reeled off there in the last three months and missed opportunities. If I went through the whole season, you know you would probably be here for ages. Yeah, and it's
1: not... And, and just very quickly, Johnny... That's not seconds, the main reason why they haven't got... No, a it's blast. not been good. It's not... It's but you, not being good we
0: went... Already. I remember going to Rotherham that day and we were like, Albion needs need six points. Albion needs need six points from the next two games. And they got one. And Rotherham was absolutely <clears throat> awful. Yeah. As I mean, bad...
1: Uh, as bad as it's been. Almost... Yeah. As bad as the Blues home, Yeah, I, I would say. Um Under different managements, obviously. But... Yeah, because the the Millwall, the game before, the 0 0 at the Hawthorns, that was the start of the running, wasn't it? The international yeah. break, 1st of April, that was something like nine games in April, I think. It was certainly eight or nine games. Remember Jed Wallace saying, I think we need seven wins to do it, and so. others thinking, well, possibly a bit less. And Millwall was a massive one to start, wasn't it? Because they were six and yeah. where be needed to to get to. And it wasn't a terrible game, that. It could have possibly gone either way against Millwall, probably the right result, but. God, you know, fair enough Millwaller arrival, but at least back it up against Rotherham and QPR. Yeah. I mean, what what happened then I, I'm still not realistically, quite sure I, think, I know it went
0: on and off and on and off again, you know, with the two back-to-back away wins, but realistically after that QPR draw it any sensible person on the outside would probably say that was it then.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, as as well as winning those couple of away games that sort of half sparked it back it it was more the rivals tripping up elsewhere wasn't it, it, it Albion would, like they were doing a bit it, to go and win those away games obviously gave themselves a, a sneak but every, everyone was tripping up over each other no one wanted it did they no one wanted those last three wins of places the,
0: three wins from the last ten games doesn't smack of well. Of yeah when, it, when you, you probably yeah. look at the other ones like you said Millwall's form probably would be similar in the end and it Prove costly for them because yeah, they yeah. did they did trip up. But Albion have come back from so many positions this season. They did it again with those that that Stoke that second half at Stoke. Yeah. Sort of was you know similar to you know where they come from around at Sunderland, Sunderland and Luton. But even the fact that Albion have dug themselves out of a little bit of a hole with the win at Stoke and the win at Blackpool. After Blackpool, you sort of looking at each other thinking I remember after Blackpool thinking this could be this, this could actually yeah, yeah, be yeah. off from a position of and, and also they were doing like this on that,
1: empty man. as well weren't they the squad was look at Stoke that was losing DK wasn't it yeah. ruptured Achilles the, the squad child was on empty lost, by, by at Blackpool. on empty by this point and just the, the double header at uh, Easter Rotherham QPI even if you can stomach how bad Rotherham was how much that Jordan Hugo was made to look like prime Drogba even if you can get past that that, I, I, I will never be able to understand what happened in that home QPR game. To be
0: honest, because what was it two 0 in ten minutes? I even it? forgot that Albion went two up in ten minutes until I just looked at the, the over two and thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Two in 10 um, and then the the mistake for the goal wasn't it? Yeah,
1: the, I mean uh, Dykes' um, header was good to make it two one quite quite quickly, and that was probably where it went wrong. But the, again, there was that possibly that that thing circled at the team by fans of starting well and then just 2-0, we're done. We're yeah. sitting back on it. And I don't, I remember asking after, I don't think that's ever an intention thing, but look, that's how this one played out, wasn't it? And QPR was so poor, weren't they? Back end of the season under Ainsworth, how they were allowed to, yeah, massive error, wasn't it? And um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just funny how, it's funny how the first half of the season was a massive low. Then a massive high. And then in this period that we're assessing here, it was just like a couple of lows, a couple of highs, a couple of lows, a bit of both kind of... We, we were like, and I'm sure fans are the same, we just like put us out of our misery. Like stop yeah. giving us hope that it's coming back.
0: It was the same as the previous season. It was yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. You know, we had wins over Fulham and Bournemouth and and it just... It just kept it kept going and going, even though you know, in your heart of hearts, you probably thought it was over. And, and in the end, it was Albion won one of the last four games, which ultimately proved to be the difference. The Sunderland get Albion leading for so long. That the Sunderland like game the one, felt like it? the one, didn't it? Yeah. And if Albion would have won that game, that would have flipped it, and Albion would have been would have been in the in the top six. Lewis, you know, we know what happened then at Swansea and. For large parts of Swansea, it was it was all over anyway because of results elsewhere. Lewis, we have got some key questions we're going to ask and then we're going to finish with some quick fire stuff. Um, but you've referenced their Albion were depleted. You look at the injuries at key periods. You know, DK's had two big ones this season. Um, Alex Palmer, when he was banging for, had injury. Dara O'Shea, Matt Phillips. There, you know, we Bolum- could go on. and, Bolum- yeah, Bolum- mm-hmm. and have had ones at key periods you've got the benefit of hindsight here, but if Albion had maybe suffered just a couple of those injuries, would they have made the playoffs? Um,
1: yeah, I would say so, yeah. And I'm not I'm not saying that just to defend them. I think, you know, the names we've gone through there and one or two others that we have not mentioned, it's, it's, it's part of your 11, isn't it? It's not just squad players, it's key players under Carlos Corbran. And I think certainly a good handful of the bad results would gone would have gone differently, I think. So I think it would have changed the outlook. But look, every club has injuries, don't they? Um, so we can't hang on it too much, but but Albin had, had a good few. Didn't. There was a period where they were without seven, eight, nine, and, and many of them key players. So that's tough, that's tough. And as we said many a time, the supporting cast, the squad players that needed to come in and Match it and step up. They didn't no. do it well enough to do it. It highlighted why it highlighted a lack of depth, which goes back to recruitment and overall squad not being good enough. The the thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, everyone fit, yeah, good enough. But once it gets, you know, once you get to the end and people are knackered, you can't, uh, knackered, the, you you can't know, have them nah. numbers in
0: a forty six game season, nah. can you? Um, Secondly, there's been all the off-field problems this season, which we've, you know, which we've covered, the fan protests and the uncertainty behind the scenes, You know, the MSD loan being taken out, You know, Gouch and lies loans not being paid back. Um, we've had the protest at games and stuff. Now, I know that at times that's created a really good atmosphere inside the Hawthorns. This is not a question aimed at the fan protests, but in terms of the off-field uncertainty stuff, it's probably, well, it is coincidence that since the sort of uncertainty certainly in 2023 with the MSD loan since then Alvin's form has been sketchy at best despite it after it was really good prior to that do you think any of the off-field stuff has impacted the players at all? as as more of it's come out then we've had the club accounts and you know various concerns about sort of day-to-day running of the club moving forward uh,
1: it's
0: tricky yeah to be honest probably no Um, however
1: i will be aware yeah. Or, or you know most if not all would be aware of what's going on the rumblings and things like that however i remember Corbin saying to us before one of the protests it's not from from ground level from where they're training in warsaw it's not to the point where there's no hot water to shower in, there's no training ground it's not that the impact <laughs> as, as we speak felt. the impact directly on the players it yeah it's not there to be felt on day in day out is it they might see it when they look on their social media or they feel it on a match day hear the chants and stuff but it, I was going to say it's nothing to do with the players however it's sort of everything to do with the players isn't it as their uh, employers but it's its not it's its miles beyond what players can control or influence so they just work with the staff and, and stay focused so, so that's why I, I don't think so I, I think you mentioned it that being a coincidence I think it's a couple of things, but certainly games and fitness, catching up on the squad is, is what I would say, rather than the off-field stuff. I just think the off-field stuff has, I, I would say, certainly added pressure to everything, um, just in terms of how big a campaign it was for Albion to, to get into the playoffs, to get up. We're, we're all in a situation with the parachute payments. Um, we've had the backdrop of the Wisdom Smart all season. It's gonna be sorted for Jan. So we were told. So we're expecting for a, a go at the transfer window. That was what the previous accounts said, wasn't? wasn't they? Um, that didn't happen, of course. Then it, you know, sort of snowballs, and you have to, as you say, get the um, get twenty million loan externally sourced. Um, and this is all sort of growing and snowballing and snowballing in terms of pressure everything builds up a bit more. Now, Alvin should always be in the playoffs at very minimum in the Champions, they? they just should. However, there was more than that on this. There was, oh, we need to do this for the future of the club, for its finances, we don't know what's going to happen. If, what's going to happen to the club if we don't get into the, into the playoffs? or well, all of this, you know, what's going to happen to the stadium? What's going to happen to the squad? You know, and, and I think all of that added pressure, match days on the stadium, you feel it from the stands and sort of tension Maybe uh, atmosphere from the stands. I'm not saying it was, you know, it was bad because it wasn't. There was, was good crowds, but you felt an edge, didn't you? Yeah. Certainly in the second half of the season of the importance of it because Alvin started sort of flirting with seventh, eighth, ninth bad result. You drop down and and all of a sudden every game, certainly every home game, because away was terrible. Um, was feeling so Im- like everything on it, yeah. was not it? Everything on it and. Um, yeah so it it definitely added pressure from I would say from you know the support as from of the club and we all understand that and you know we were all feeling it aren't we and I think the players would have felt that but uh, I think the players did what they can but no I, the outside noise direct affecting the players directly no probably not but you know just affecting the whole feel of the club then then yeah probably
0: yeah we we said we're going to look at, at Ron Rongalle's performance and we we'll do it briefly because we've touched on various different points but I suppose from a fan's point of view, outside looking in on a, on a football basis, there's, there's only a few areas where you can sort of look at and critique. One is recruitment, which we've said could have been better in the summer. You know, in January, on the face of it, it looked quite good. Didn't transpire that way. But you've got to look at those two decisions. Well, the three three decisions managerially, I'd say two excellent, one wrong. And the one wrong was the delay in sacking Bruce. But you, as much flack as Ron Gourlay gets, or has got from Albion fans, maybe sometimes fairly, maybe sometimes unfairly, but on a football basis, the decision to appoint Corbran, um, who wasn't the one jumping out when you looked at the overall picture to begin with, you know, he'd done a great job at Huddersfield, but and the decision to have the foresight to offer him a new contract as well. You have mm. to have to say they're two, arguably two of the biggest decisions off-field yeah. that Albion have made all season in a positive way. Yeah, because now, you know, Corcoran's the club's main, biggest asset,
1: I would say, and I think most would share that opinion. Um, and that that could be important moving forward for many reasons, couldn't it? But mostly because there's the optimism, even though the season didn't end as we'd all have hoped, coaching staff included, obviously, and players, but there's the optimism of what Carlos Corcoran can do, with a squad of his own and and building his own play, bringing his own players in. However, we all realize this is all going to be seriously limited and handicapped, um, because of off, you know financial issues and stuff. However, he can still target his own brand and style of players. He can have a whole summer to drill them season wise because that is absolutely huge, isn't it? And I mean, it's it's an easy thing to say, but look at look at his. Carlos' um, first spell at Huddersfield and then the first full season, obviously what, what transpired. And I'm not saying that's going to repeat, but that's not a coincidence. That's that's him having a, a pre-season to work. and it's having do. that longevity, isn't it? Yeah, to, yeah. And of course, there's a different off-field, different club, totally different off-field scenario. But um, yeah, mass, massive calls from the, uh, from the chief execs, certainly to, to bring him in, but then managing to tie him down, secure just secure him secure you know give albin a bit more strength in terms of any negotiations or anything like that and yeah it it does bring that sort of encouragement optimism for for the new season i think everyone's a bit cautious with it and wary because you know this very early point of the summer we don't quite know um what's afoot a foot or a head do we we um we're looking forward to having a chat with the sort of hierarchy and been able to ask what's the outlook here for for the head coach's recruitment for having to sell players um but I think most if not all Albion fans are back and in, are encouraged by Carlos Gorman being the man to build it um because yeah it's not been all ups of his however long in charge so far 7 8 months but I overall it's it's a massive positive he's had and um, and yeah the January window you know didn't didn't go brilliantly but you can't compare a January window to a summer window you just can't they're they're entirely different and the proof will be in the pudding this summer won't it and we'll we'll know how handicapped or not handicapped obviously Corbran is and you know hopefully before long but um, I'd still back him really he, he's sort of knowledge and passion and detail for the game to so be able to unearth some players that can really just. Move Albion on a level in gear next season, and yes, we don't know which of the current better players might have to be listened to in terms of offers. Hopefully, none of them, but we don't live in that ideal world, do we? We don't, you know. It's yet no. yet to be seen. Um, but I think you know that Carlos Corbin is the reason for the cautious
0: optimism. You know, for twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, if he was here since, if he had at Albion for every single game, where do you think they'd have finished? Briefly, third. Yeah, yeah. Challenging for top two.
1: Yeah, um, with Bora comfortably the best of the playoff clubs, and yeah, pushing Sheffield probably.
0: Yeah. Right. Quick fire questions to finish. Coxie I'll get your answer first, then I'll give mine. Yeah. Second, um, we'll start with the big one. Player of the season. Oh. Now I know Man. you like to think about these, but I want Man. I want the first name yeah, that comes well, into I, your uh, head. Uh, for, okay, Malumbi. I'll go Jed Wallace. Yeah. Most improved.
1: Oh, I should have thought about that before, shouldn't I? I can't can I give the same name? <laughs> you can do uh, if you want.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, most
1: improved is definitely Malumbi, isn't it? Yeah. Most improved. So you both got to go for But, that. but the, to, to just caveat my first one, there were it it, it was close to Jed. Yeah. I would I would say. Yeah.
0: Um, biggest disappointment player wise <sighs> who you expected more from this season I'd have to say roggish, yeah Rogic, so I was going to say Rogic. All Brighton. yeah as open. well possibly roggish given what he'd done at Celtic um, but yeah worst result um Rotherham away yeah worst performance
1: <sighs> we've talked about a few of them
0: um Christ. I keep carping back to blues, but it was just a stinking night. Yeah. Um you give yours. Are you saying blues? Yeah, I'm gonna go blues. Worst result rather than worst performance blues.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably fine. Yeah, that. yeah, oh, no, I'd probably agree with that. Best result. Best result.
0: Um I was I was half tempted by Borough 2 nil. Yeah, I'm going I mine's Borough 2 nil. Yeah, yeah. Given the the gravitas of the game like And how Borough were flying. Yeah. and and a word for
1: the aways having come back, yeah, I'm thinking Sunderland, Luton because you you forget Sunderland and Luton of course being two Championship play playoff rivals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and and yeah, a word for the Stoke one as well, yeah. I think. Yeah. Favourite
0: ground visited. Um uh, you say yours. Stadium of Light. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Shout, out. I, I like Norwich a lot. See, I didn't go to Norwich. Oh, I didn't did know. you miss, I did. That, oh, one, I did miss you? that one, did yeah. you? Um, Watford was good. Yeah, nicely. No, Wat, Watford was good, wasn't it? Watford was good. Um, oh, I, however, as listeners know, we rank these by food, car parking and... Walking
0: distance from easy, anything that makes our job <laughs> yeah. better and easier. Um, that's favourite ground. Worst ground. I, I think even the listeners know our answer yeah. to this. You can, yeah, just yeah, we don't we didn't really need to say anything. This. So I'm going This is not. This could be a result, or it could be anything. Season highlight, something that's you know the high point of of your, your season for you. Oh yeah, on. great question. Um,
1: yeah, that's. I, uh, do you know what? Just the just the form. Just the, just the November to the New Year, those six to eight weeks, and that's not one. That's not one particular highlight, but just the feel good factor. In that it was like, well, Albion are gonna finish in the playoffs here, and then they're gonna have a shot at promotion and gonna be in the Premier League next season. <laughs> but yeah, no, the the feel good factor around the place once you know sort of. Carlos had revolutionised the Hawthorns, mm. I, I would say. And I'll, I'll use your time to pick out an actual specific one.
0: No, nah, mine, mine was a tweet. Oh, OK. Mine was the tweet that West Brom admin put out just before Carlos Corbran was announced with the vid- Happy Valley video. Oh, uh, his new contract. Why is everyone yeah, yeah. saying you're going to <laughs> Leeds when you're not? I thought I'd try and think outside the box well wow, that uh, that's a shout for your predecessor yeah though, yeah isn't hats off wow. to, to Luke Hatfield there at Albion I think he was behind that one So, um, I, actually, I actually watched that episode of Happy Valley a couple of days later <laughs> and I was like ah okay <laughs> got the, I had to watch it to uh, yeah. get the reference I'm sure Albion fans will know what we're talking about um, two more of this Succe- season success or failure as a whole one word failure, failure.
1: unfortunately
0: and big one here we'll we'll revisit this in 12 months time lewis oh no Albin for sat oh, no. still sat in these seats but where are we going to finish in the 23 24 season i'm going to go for an optimistic fifth I'm going to go sixth. I think it's going to be a late playoff, <laughs> God, playoff, playoff someone, drama again. Someone uh, someone bookmark this. <laughs> Say, we're going to be in trouble in 12 months. Yeah, we one. could be indeed. Well, there you go, Baggies fans. That's season over. It wasn't to be for Albion. Uh, now time for a summer holiday for most of you. I know for Carlos Corbran, that won't be the case. He's He'd be working hard away from what he was saying after the Swansea um, Swansea game. But... That might be a, a sort of summer holiday for, for you guys, um, enjoying the the sun and the sand and a few drinks on all day. But not here at the Baggies Broadcast. We've got a number of podcasts to bring you um, over the uh, over the close season guest podcasts that we've recorded. I'm um, starting with next week, um, and we're going to be bringing a, a few updates in between those guest podcasts aren't we Lewis about sort of goings on down at the Hawthorns I know you're sort of hoping to speak with Ron Gourlay in the coming weeks potentially we'll obviously re- have the list list. Yeah. as well and potential um, new signings we don't really know what the summer's going to hold for Albion but we'll be bringing you updates on those but the first guest podcast comes next week and we just want to say a big thank you to all, the, all you listeners really without you um, we wouldn't be making this podcast um, and you sort of make it what it is uh, listening week in week out getting back in touch with your, your questions and supporting the podcast so we thank you for that unfortunately it wasn't the season ending that we all hoped for um, but I know Coxie feels a bit better now he's just had his sort of <laughs> his counselling session after that <laughs> up and down up and down campaign but hopefully our predictions will come off and it'll be a, a better campaign next time but thank you again very much for listening and until next time whenever that is from me and from Coxie boing 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 boing, boing.